Welcome to episode 21, part two of the Storied San Francisco podcast. I'm Jeff, and I wanted to take just a few minutes to talk about this episode and how it's going to be a little bit different than anything we've done before. Um, there are some serious topics that are, that are touched on in this episode. If you haven't had a chance to listen to episode 21, part one of Milo's story, getting started uh, moving to San Francisco and dating around, uh, please do so first. Um, I really want you to get a sense of, uh, well, of her personality and just kind of setting the stage for what you're about to hear in this episode. I wanted to share Milo's story today because, well, first of all, I think it's an important story for people to hear. If you or anyone you know is or has been the victim of any sort of domestic or sexual abuse, uh, please know that there are support groups and there are avenues uh, of help that you can get. And uh, that is reflected in Mila's story today. So with that, here's Mila. You've been in the city for a few years now, or yeah, at that point, yeah, like yeah, like seven, se- approximately seven years. So early to mid dots or whatever. D- yeah, yeah, li- a little bit like just past. Yeah, like getting into the later part. Kay. But um, so um, I see this. Actually, I think the guy wrote to me. I want to say, um, and I honestly like never really felt that confident in myself and just just you know I don't know maybe it's all, I think some of it's cultural I think some of it's pers- personality I think some of it's just me but that's everybody right and um <clears throat> and so yeah I'm pretty sure that guy wrote to me and I look at his picture <laughs> totally like nowadays like I'd be like well, even at the time, I was like, really? You don't have your shirt on? Ooh. I still am not into that, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, but but from the neck up, he looked good. and and. So you visualized a shirt. So I <laughs> <laughs> visualized a shirt. And uh, it just seemed interestingly, or interesting enough mm-hmm. that I decided to meet him. But, okay, so... Uh, maybe not important, but where, like, where did you guys meet that night? Oh, this is this is really bad. This is a like should never do this kind of thing. Like, but you know, I felt I I was like, well, I got a car, I can get out of there. Uh, dude said he, well, dude was dude was bored and looking because looking around online because he had like. Just, had knee surgery mm-hmm. so he's like basically laid up and mm-hmm. can't like really get out but you know we did have the phone call and and all that at least the way that i remember it and i was like okay okay yeah i'll meet this guy and just see and you went to his place i went to his place mm-hmm. i drove across the golden gate bridge to okay. go to his place wow um not in a convertible Mercedes. <laughs> Not in a convertible <laughs> Mercedes. And uh, I don't know. There's just some. Well, he was different. He was from Texas. I'm born and raised California. And there was like, I don't know, something that just seemed like a little bit like different or maybe 
like more exciting or something about this guy mm-hmm. and or or maybe uh, my mom's a nurse maybe a little bit of a like ah, oh, he's laid up but you know from this like knee surgery or whatever and okay I'll drive and and if it turns out to be and I and there was a lot of caveats once I agreed to go up there like Mm -hmm. if I'm not into it I'm gonna leave like all like all this stuff Mm -hmm. decided to go up there and hit off right away a lot of chemistry and um up in Marin or what town Napa oh Napa all the way to Napa wow Um, the town of Napa Town in Napa. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he was a construction manager and did a lot of like uh, hotel renovations, including in the hotel we're sitting in right now. That's also just had a renovation. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just like he just seemed like different than, than anybody um, I had like really met or dated before being from uh texas and not a republican but from a republican family sure and uh i probably consider himself more um not tea party but you know like hands off my stuff libertarian kind of, yeah libertarian yeah. for sure and uh had a like an accent and was actually in person like hot with his shirt off so <laughs> and which isn't something i was like used to at all and um he seemed to be like really into me and which is also something i wasn't like super used to right like it feels good yeah no yeah it does and so so yeah i just kind of like went on from there like we just like kept seeing each other and um uh you know he actually he had a um he had a kid but things didn't work out with the mother Mm uh uh but he had her um you know a, a, a shared custody and and everything and uh, at the time, I, I had transitioned from my job to grad school, so I had kind of like even more time to hang out. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was pretty good about doing my homework. Like, I would do my homework and then like go see him. And I'm not really like kind of sure <laughs> where things started being not so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think part of it was just me being naive like i never really knew any other alcoholics so i didn't Uh, really realize that or he would drink less when he was around me and stuff he'd hide it better yeah i think so and he might have he maybe was doing some other drugs and not telling me about it um one thing that kind of actually always worried me was he would talk about well, he's from Texas. Then I uh, he I totally believed him and I know this is a thing like that's like people just uh lease big areas of land to hunt on. Mhm. And so he just tell me about. He's like, "No, you would you would like this like seeing this land and stuff cuz you're really into animals and and everything and so Like I'm into but, animals being alive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I get it. Like um 
it's cultural. It, yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. not to excuse it, but it is. R- right, right. And I do know, like, in the, uh, because we, d- in, uh, as a, also a biologist in some ways, have not always managed the land super great. And there are probably place, a lot of places where there's uh, too many deer or whatever. Sure. Um, so that didn't super bother me so much. Uh, <laughs> it actually, I think maybe it was more about how he loved poker, huh. and he just tell me how he would always win, and so he had a good poker face. And like leading up to this, uh, things that I I kind of like I, earlier, I said like I'm a punk rock kid. Like I totally was, you know, you know, I thought of myself as this, like Riot Girl. I was into like Bikini Kill and and Sleater Kinney and all my best friends from college I met at the Women's Center mm-hmm. and I was like rah rah like kick ass feminist and um, I'm dating this guy who's I felt like turned on the Texas charm long enough maybe hid the alcohol long enough said the words I wanted to hear I love you mm-hmm. um, that I I, f- I fell in love with a guy yeah and uh, I don't even really know like where it first kind of showed up and you know right the second with the me too movement and a lot of that around sexual harassment and and sexual violence, but not a whole lot about domestic violence. Mm-hmm. But that's obviously in the mix too. Um, there was some things that happened in our relationship that I kind of just let go. Mm-hmm. That I didn't report that I didn't think were bad enough and also I think now after years of therapy um, have learned that I have uh, people pleasing behavior and uh, and 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 you know some some elements of um, like codependency, mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of that was, you know, not not to totally throw my parents under the bus, but a lot very a lot of it's very cultural, mm-hmm. um, I think, and um, and it, I was like perfectionist as a kid and and all that stuff. Um, So the first time a couple of things happened, I just kind of like, I was like, I it won't happen again. Like, he hit you, or there was uh, there was one time, like, <laughs> technically, he hit me, but I, I don't even want to say but, and I know you're not supposed to say but, you're supposed to say and, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't very hard, but still you know it, it was like we had we were having we had an argument 
and um, we were in bed. Mm-hmm. I was at his place. Mm-hmm. We, I didn't have any clothes on, and he kind of like punched me in the arm. Wasn't hard. It, it would be like almost even something like a sibling would like punch you in the arm. Was but violence maybe another thing that he had hidden? Or pr- uh, being prone to? No. I mean, well, no. Actually, no. Mm-hmm. He told a lot. He told me a lot of stories of, like, I don't know. I think he, like, romanticized it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, bar fights. Yeah. Fights after poker games. In addition to, like, like just, you know, the hu- the whole hunting aspect and how he's, like... I could be totally drunk and, and still, like, butcher a deer. Okay. So violence was dis- dissociated dis- Dissociated. It like, thing, it's not, it like, something that anything that has happened since, you know, since he'd become a dad or had lived in California. Right. Like, he, like, gets that California is not like that. Right. Um, and I just... I don't remember necessarily how long it was from, you know, from that, that night that I'm talking about where he like punched me in the arm to when like things ended, but it just was like, you know, like downhill from there. And I, I think I didn't know how to get out of it. And along the way he even (laughs) proposed to me (laughs) in the most like, honestly like lame way like it's not like he had a ring and got down on one knee at all I think it was just I don't know I don't know what his deal was it was just really did you say no no I didn't say no I said yes oh uh and it's one of those things like I look back on it now and I'm like I was how like how like why like why would I even accept that well you're like you're saying like you have that your personality was coming out. Right. Your background. Right, right. <laughs> Pre-therapy. <laughs> Pre-lots of therapy. Acqui- and, and acquiescence. Yeah. And like all sorts of... Yeah. And... Uh, shit that you shouldn't be blamed for. Yeah. Like, it felt good to have somebody say he was in love with me and, mm-hmm. you know, want to see me. And and by that point, I'd met his daughter and I, mm-hmm. and I liked her and I was willing to be a stepmom and stuff. And... Um, I just point out girls just want to have fun and yeah. playing right now. Yeah, totally. That's all. That's all. It's a cover though, Cindy. right? I could Cindy. Yeah. Is it Cindy? This no, it's not. It's Cindy. a cover. It is a cover. It is a cover. But that song is yeah. playing. Just yeah. Thanks. You know. So, <laughs> at first I was just wanting to have fun, and then it turned like serious, serious, <laughs> in, in some way that I mean, I bought a wedding dress. Wow. I still have it. It's hidden away somewhere. I've tried to figure out what to do with it. I think there's places where you can donate wedding dresses. I, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. Like, did he, did um, your mom meet him? Like, did She did, did meet him. So family Oh, by the way, she doesn't know any of this happened. So. Okay. When this gets, I don't know. I don't know, like, what's next. But, you know, it's part, it's part of the healing process. Sure. Um, especially because he worked in this very hotel. Um. You uh, learn from mistakes, yeah, not success. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean... Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, like, he proposed to me. I said yes. 
thank goodness we never got married. I would have been divorced by now. Mm-hmm. But uh, basically, you know, as things were going downhill, which at this point we had been together over two years. Oh, wow. Um, and he met my mom and everything. Uh, I, I, um, basically like we had a really, really bad argument one night, which wasn't too long after I basically like, I had been suspicious that he was cheating and (laughs) sometimes I still regret that I like looked through his phone, but I'm like, he violated me in so many other ways. Oh, right. That, whatever. Like, I just, you know. Um, one night we just had a really bad argument. Really, really bad argument. Like, where I live in this neighborhood. And um, he threatened to kill me. And after knowing all this stuff about his access to weapons, I don't know if he had any in California, but I know he knows how to use them. I know he knows how to butcher a deer. He threatened to throw me to a swamp. And he's very fully aware. I'm a wellland biologist. Like, um... I realized that was it and and this wasn't this like not trying to make excuses not trying to say it's right uh so he kind of like punched me in the arm that one time i think it was the same night like i he- i've heard him open his knife a million times or box cutter it's part of his job like he always had a box box cutter or knife on him mm-hmm. and he like that night that he like punched me in the arm I heard him open his knife and he was like as kind of like a threat to me but I was like honestly so scared I was just like I'm just gonna like try to go to bed mm-hmm. like I knew I wanted to leave but I was scared right but I didn't report that um and uh so that argument uh he threatened to kill me and I decided that to take him serious because he's fully capable and even if he wasn't fully capable i'm still gonna take that serious yeah um so he so there wasn't like uh, he wasn't like hitting me every time he wasn't berating me or yelling me every time but still all of that even one time is wrong yep i just didn't know wasn't ready to get out of it until this night that he threatened to kill me. As soon as he did that, I realized that was it. I went home, thank God for the internet at this point. It's probably like midnight. And I'm looking up as I'm like just crying and sobbing. Sure. How do I get a restraining order? Mm-hmm. Once I feel... <laughs> like i'm a nerd i'm researching it for like i probably like almost like yeah like probably a couple hours and once i've figured it out and decide what to do i take myself over to northern station northern police station in san francisco yes i have 
um, my own issues with the police. My dad was a military policeman on Treasure Island, but I needed help. Mm-hmm. I go in at 3 a.m. in the morning. I don't even remember the name of the officer who helped me, but he took my statement, called a judge in the middle of the night to get a temporary restraining order. And I went home with a piece of paper. You got a good cop. Yeah. After. Yeah. And the, and, and with a restraining, a temporary, like he called the judge. The judge said I could have a temporary restraining order, went home with this like piece of paper in my hand in the middle of the night. And then the next day, I didn't even know this was going to happen. The next day was a Friday. I got a phone call that they'd arrested him. Wow. Over a three-day weekend. (laughs) He sat in jail for three days. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, And while I'm trying to figure things out from there, this is, this, this, this all, all this stuff takes a while. Uh, Sure. Um, Yeah. Uh, Like, I don't remember how long after that, but then he, like... I got I get a letter from a lawyer who's like threatening me like uh, to sue me for like whatever defamation and like lost wages because he got arrested at work I'm like Mm -hmm. good you got arrested at work no and then also like seeing the address I knew he had a lawyer friend in 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 Colorado or wherever that came from and I was like, whatever, this is from his friend, but it still kind of scared me, you know. Sure. So yeah. his his lawyer friend, with whom I'm ass- I'm assuming, he uh, conveniently omitted the fact that he threatened to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Just left yeah. that little probably, part out. Probably. Um, <clears throat> and then I think it was like after that, then. Um, actually, I d- actually don't know. I don't really remember the timeline now because this was yeah, this was. 10 years ago now and it's and I'm gonna say traumatic yeah a little bit you don't want to remember every single yeah, detail yeah, yeah. um so uh but I I don't have money so you know like I have a good job I don't have money so and being the you know resourceful or researcher type person I am I am also like looking uh, where can I get help in San Francisco and find like the amazing people in the at at the office that's still in the women's building at the cooperative restraining order clinic who um, I sat down with them uh, told them my whole story they took down my whole statement and uh, agreed to go to court with me if I wanted to get a permanent restraint order. Right. And this is the women's building. Yeah, in the, the women's mission. building. Okay. They still have an office there. Um, and I donate part of my uh, bi weekly paycheck goes to um, their fiscal sponsor, which is the bar, San, like San Francisco Bar Association. Right. Um, <coughs> so, um, yeah, it's. Uh, it, they they came with me uh, my attorney came with me to court but because of the way it's structured she can't speak for me hmm. um, it took a couple of times to um, finally get the RO uh, 
the first time he asked for more time and he said he was going to represent himself and the judge said like i don't know what you're <laughs> the judge was like i don't was really sassy with him was like, i don't know what you think you're gonna get with more time but i'll give it to you um and i could tell and it took me well actually now I, it took me a long time to kind of deal with that because they couldn't find him to serve him the papers and the, 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 the thing was, is he was working between here, San Francisco and like, and Napa and like all around. So they were trying, like the, the folks that were trying to give him the paper that, you know, serve him the papers, mm-hmm. um, were trying to find him in San Francisco. I'm like, you're not going to find him here at that time. You need to find him in San Francisco at this time, but whatever that message didn't like come along. So I, I realized that. And I was running out of like whatever my deadline was. And so um, I realized I need to hire process servers out of my own pocket in, in Napa. And, but I did, I knew the house, but I didn't have the address number and Google earth wasn't so good at that time. And I was telling a brand new friend that who I knew would understand and knew wouldn't judge me for this whole thing. And she's like, what you just need the address i was like yeah and i and i wasn't gonna do it in my own car because what he would rec- totally recognize my car it was just like in this residential neighborhood so she's like wait i have a car what napa's only an hour from here like it'll take us like five minutes to get the address like why don't we go drive up there it'll take us five minutes and we'll get the address but we'll make a fun day out of it so like we basically <laughs> like sandwiched the like getting of the address um with other fun stuff i'm thinking in and out burger but you probably did more exciting things mm, no <laughs> we did what girls do and we went to claire's and got stuff on clearance i still to this <laughs> day have my pirates of the caribbean pajama pants with orlando <laughs> bloom yes. and johnny depp that say pirates are hot yeah. I still do say I still have those pajama pants. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we got his address. Uh, process service found him on a Friday evening, and it was like the last day. It was totally like the last of day of your deadline. Yeah. Of the deadline, and uh, they found him, served him the papers. I think court was on Tuesday, so that was the first court date. Mm-hmm. I show up with my attorney, and I'm wearing a suit. It's open family court. Um, over and he asked for the street. Uh, yeah, and he he it. asked for an extension, and I could t- like at the, at, you know from two and a half years, like I was almost gonna marry the guy. Like mm-hmm. I can tell when he's gone on a bender, so it looked like he had not like shaved or whatever since since like wolf, probably the minute that he got the papers. Like he's like f me, but he just brag about his grandpa being a judge and he yeah and he shows up like i think he he was wearing jeans and maybe a button the equivalent of this to everyone which is why the judge was like i don't know what you think you're gonna get so yeah so so then i have to go back it's not over i have to go back in like a few weeks and um, I'm there with my, like, I did not expect this, like, cause you see courtrooms on TV all the time. We're not at two separate tables. Like there's one, one table. long ass table. Mm-hmm. 
and luckily and I know the lawyers like my attorney knew this but she she sat right next to me and blocked my view of him yeah thank goodness and basically he's representing himself and just lying and considering his family background I couldn't believe he was lying in court. He's and under it's, oath. Yeah. It's, it, and it's open family court. And the stuff he's saying is like every single line you've heard from, uh, you know. Court drama? Uh, a, 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 a predator, like a, oh. an aggressor. He had all the telltale Yeah, tell, tell, and saying the tell, like denial and... Like, why didn't she report this earlier? And you can, yeah, you can why tell. Were you quiet. Yeah. And so, so you can hear the, I can hear the people behind me in family court who are like, they're like, they're like this guy, like really this guy, right. come on. Um, and I'm trying to hold back tears and I'm mic'd. And so like, you know, and the judge can see this, mm-hmm. you know, um, and so, because he, like, gives his statement first. And then it's time for me to give... Because he's defending himself. And then it, it comes time for me to give my response to what he's saying. And I, I know that the judge has seen my whole written statement of everything. Um, and I, this is one of those things where I don't know where it came from i don't know where i got it from i should give myself credit for being smart and well i don't think of myself as being fast but smart enough to come up with this at that moment because i'm coming up with all these like things to say in my defense that i don't want to say in open court like Mm. i'm People now know what it, what people, you know, people are hearing the phrase re-traumatize. Like, you're re-traumatizing yourself right. in court. Um, and I realized, no, the judge has seen all this. It's all in my statement. And when the judge turns to me and asks me, like, what do I have to say after he's lied about all these things? I say to the judge... Your Honor, I came here and got sworn in under oath, and everything in my statement is true. That was it. You just referred to back to the statement. Yeah, that was all I said. And then the judge is like flipping back through the papers, mm-hmm. and of course she's already like reviewed them. And um, she's, you know, I don't even remember, like, you know, all the rest is a blur. Um, And basically, she says, you know, well, I'm not going to give you the full, um, like, you know, the maximum RO, which, you know, I go in there from my attorney saying, you know, it could be nothing. It could be six months. It could be up to five years. And so the judge starts saying, like, I'm not going to give you the full ROS. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what, is it going to be six months? 
and she says, um, but I'll give you a restraint order for three years. And <laughs> again, this is really prescient right now. The RO says that he cannot, well, not besides not contacting me, he can't have firearms in his possession registered to his name. No matter where he is. No matter where he is. And at that time, I honestly didn't, I, from what I thought, I knew he didn't have any in California, but, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't, you know, I don't know, but that was an important part of it because obviously like I know his background and expertise right. with those kinds of weapons. And I know he wasn't, he, I'm sure he was partially bragging about that, but I know he wasn't lying about all of it. How long did it take for you to get out from under that, like that cloud of fear after that ruling? I would imagine it lingered, right? Or, I mean, oh, does it, it linger to this day? You know what? Um, I would say that very greatly dissipated the fear. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I knew was helping me was I knew, well, <laughs> as much of it asshole and criminal he was I know he didn't want to uh, have things up for his daughter like how is he gonna you know support his daughter if he's in jail right like I know he doesn't want to do that so I'm basically banking on that but I mean for years like I would always look over my shoulder like walking up to my apartment building and uh, and had somewhat of a like well PTSD like mm-hmm. Pavlovian Bell like he I of course assigned him a ringtone on my phone and like t- like really only within the past couple of years with a lot of therapy if I heard anything that sounded like that I would just be like right. crying you know um and to be thank you absolutely honest about like the fear dissipating like yeah the three years was up and then it kind of came back after that because I'm like the three years is up and then after a while then I started like really getting like deep therapy Mm -hmm. and and like finding techniques that like really helped me with like the PTSD and stuff Mm -hmm. But yeah, like like I said, like I would still hear something that sounds like his ringtone and be freaked out. Um, <laughs> and the thing that really dissipated is I'm pretty sure I saw him sometime this mm. last year in this neighborhood where there's absolutely no way he could be in this neighborhood and not think, huh, I might run into her. And also I was under the impression that he had moved back to Texas. He contacted me in the time when I had the RO when he shouldn't have and said implied that he was not in California anymore. I didn't report that, but I kept a copy of that text in case I felt like reporting it. Mm-hmm. And so I just assumed he just was not here anymore. Right. And I would see a truck that looked like his that had like Texas truck license plates and just, okay, double take, see the same ford f-150 truck 
and d- take a double take. Um, but I'm pretty sure I saw him sometime this year in my neighborhood. Pretty sure he saw me. Would that make sense because he was working on this? I think he probably still has a fondness for this neighborhood yeah. or some weird psychological thing that I can't really like why would he even come back here honestly and and now it's just like no this is my fucking hood dude like get the fuck out and the thing was even like like I said I would hear a ringtone that was like his and have like a PTSD like panic attack like I would say even like three years ago probably and I actually see him and I'm not scared in fact like I said, like, I'm like, why am I scared of that guy? He's just a fucking asshole. You know, like, get the fuck out of my neighborhood. Don't ever fucking come back. And, um, basically, um, my thing now is, and some people don't know this, some people do, uh, that semester that I was getting, going to court and getting the RO, was the summer I should have gotten my, or not summer, semester, spring semester, I should have gotten my master's. You just put it And because of money and like all these other things, I haven't got back yet. Oh, wow. And like I've gotten close to going back and and mostly now it's financial, but obviously there's so many other things tied up in it. Um. I've now saved up like more than half the money and might even be able to be supported by my employer to um, get the money to go back to school. But I'm determined to finish because like how can I let all that like keep me from a motherfucking, you know, master's in science. Absolutely. You know? Please remember to follow Storied San Francisco on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our website is storiedsf.com. You can email us at storiedsf at gmail.com. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald, a.k.a. Joe Bigale. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Thanks for listening. Check back next week when we'll hear from Radio Valencia DJ John Binder.